not everyone's going to like me. And it's part of growth and stepping back. And I'm trying to do that now where I don't keep saying yes. And I'm overworking myself when I'm trying to have a mom and work-life balance. But I also can start doing more creative stuff by giving myself more time and trusting in my girls. Welcome to the Charting Her Course podcast brought to you by the Pacific Coast Business Times. This podcast will give an inside look at women who own and run small businesses on California's Central Coast. I'm your host, Veronica Kuzma, and I'm so excited to put a spotlight on these fascinating businesses in San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara, and Ventura counties. This podcast would not be possible without our sponsor, Bank of America. More from them a little later. Michelle Richardson is the founder and owner of Sugar, a natural hair removal salon and boutique based in Santa Barbara, California. Michelle began her business journey as an esthetician out of high school and slowly worked her way through Los Angeles, which led her to founding her own brick and mortar in Santa Barbara. Listen to Michelle talk about running a business as a single mother, the importance of creating strong relationships with employees, and how learning from your mistakes can often lead you to the right place. Please enjoy this talk with Michelle Richardson. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat today, Michelle. I'm looking forward to hearing all about your business. So let's just start with you telling us about your business and what you do. Thank you for having me. So I have an all natural hair removal business called Sugar. It is basically a more natural form of waxing. A lot of people like it because it is more natural. It's better for ingrown hairs. We do all full body. We do both males and females. Um, And as of right now, I have four employees that are amazing And it's kind of grown a lot since 2017 when I started. So what's been your career path leading up to now? Well, how I got into the beauty industry when I was a senior in high school, I just loved doing lashes, waxing, anything beauty. And I had on credits in high school. So when I was a senior in high school, I got out early and I did the part-time program just to have that for later. So I was, you know, do through college kind of more as a hobby. Um, I went to city college a little bit. And then I finished out that in Santa Barbara, ended up staying in Santa Barbara versus going to Northridge, which is where I was going to go. And then I worked at a couple salons in Santa Barbara doing hair removal removal and lashes and facials. And at that time period, I was about 21. And then I was, I grew up in Santa Barbara, a small town. um, And I was ready to kind of spread my wings and leave. I ended up staying here longer. I even dabbled in property management with my dad. Uh, Mike Richardson, he has a real estate company, um, which is where Sugar is right now, like the locations inside the suite inside there. Um, and then I realized I wanted to kind of spread my wings. I left to LA to get more experience. Um, I applied at a couple different places, doing lashes, waxing, hair removal. Um, and I honestly hadn't tried sugaring at that time. I tried it once um, at a place that was, I think they were starting out with trying like dabbling into sugaring because you don't usually learn it in school. Um, and when we did that, I didn't really love it. So I wasn't really drawn to sugaring at first. I think it was more because I was like in a, a training client. So it was someone that's tra- practicing on me. I basically applied a couple places in LA and I worked at like, three different places, one doing lashes and then one was a sugaring place. And the lady, it was great. Um, it's called Sugaring LA. And I am very appreciative to the time that I had with her, the owners, her name is Danielle. And I was with her for three years doing the sugaring. And she took me through the whole process of training me, um, kind of taking under her wing. She had a couple girls that I worked with as well. 
And I really grew a passion for the sugaring. Then I liked the way she ran her business. And at that point I stayed there for about three years. Um, when I got pregnant with my daughter, I decided to move back to Santa Barbara because all my family's here. And I wanted, I took the first two years off. So I didn't work when my daughter was two until she was about two. And then that's when I started sugar. Um, I went through a little bit of a breakup. And at that time period, I was like, I need to get back into sugaring. I need to, I need to have my own business. I need to have, I need to start somewhere again. Um, and I, since I loved what I came from with the sugaring and I loved how they ran the business, um, although I had no clientele here, I was like, I need to start it out. Um, my dad had office spaces available. He was like, the opportunity is always there for you. Um, so at that time, since I didn't work, which I recommend to any female, if you have a baby taking those first two years is essential to the growth of them. And I feel like your foundation of your relationship with your child, which is my number one job. I think that's more important than sugar hands down, but without my daughter, I wouldn't be as inspired for sugar. So it all kind of goes hand in hand in my life. But basically okay. I took yeah. the first two years off and then I came back and then that's when I was like, this is an opportunity that I, I should get on. And that's when I started sugar. And at that point it was just me. And I didn't know if it was going to totally flunk or if it was going to go well, I knew exactly what I wanted to do and how I wanted to run my business. Um, for the most part, there's been so many learning curves during this time and like changing different softwares to use. Um, I had no plans or intentions of hiring anyone else. It was kind of like once I started it and it kind of started to develop and I started to get more clients, I was like, okay, it will just be me. It's a small space. I was like, I don't need to do more. And since then we've expanded the business. Um, but it has kind of grown since and it's worked out. What did you want to be when you grew up? And had you always thought that you would own your own business one day? Was that on the path or is it something that just happened organically? Hmm. Honestly, to be, to be transparent, I don't remember what I wanted to be. Like, I don't, there wasn't like a huge, I mean, maybe my parents would say otherwise, but, um, there wasn't like, I didn't, I mean, I, I mean, I didn't have an ideal goal of the business or what my plan was. Um, I feel like I fell into it in so many ways. And I feel like everyone wants a plan. They go to college and they, they're going to do communications and it's so broad and they don't have a plan. I feel like so much of that is your experience and you're working. Like I worked at a restaurant in the service industry for years. I, mean, I forgot to mention that too. Um, and I worked locally at a place called Harry's and I was there for a long time. Um, and that really taught me a lot about um like the service industry and how to accommodate people. And I feel like also my parents made a huge impact on bedside manner and how to grow and how to talk with people um, and moral value. Um, but yeah, I didn't have an idea of exactly what it was going to be, but I'm, I, I couldn't have told you I was going to own a business. I think I thought, Oh, I'll have kids one day and I'll be a stay-at-home mom forever. <laughs> I don't know. That was kind of what I guess I expected. You said in the beginning, you know, you didn't have any clients. So how did you get clients? Like, how did you market yourself in those early days? And then how has that changed now? Okay. It was hard at first. The main service we offer is Brazilians. We do do everything else, hair removal, like from your toes to your nipples, to the manzillion, which is the male Brazilian, the female Brazilian. I'm trying not to I try to include men and female, all everything. Um, but with that being such a private service where it's super intimate, um, I am a very open person and I can get a lot of people to be open with me. I'm very transparent about my life and the things I've gone through. Um, and maybe that's a flaw of mine, but I feel like it's also helped me grow relationships with my clients. To get clients, I mean, I used Instagram. I used my own personal platform. So like I didn't have that many followers on it. Um, but 
I had some, and I feel like I had a lot of people that I, I know a lot of people in Santa Barbara. I changed a lot of schools growing up. My parents like picked different schools. They had four kids. So we were all kind of all over. So I hopped around because another kid went to a different school. So they transferred me to that school. Um, so I feel like I know a lot of people in Santa Barbara, but because it's an intimate service, I had the fear of people that know me are not going to want to come to me for that. Cause seeing your vagina area, it's not totally comfortable. Um, unless you know someone pretty well. Um, however, I put myself out there. I know I'm good at sugaring. I know I'm good with people. And once they're in the door, I can usually keep them for the most part. If it's something that they, they like the results and they like me, which not everyone likes you, but I feel like if they do, they'll come back. I would market through social media primarily. Um, at the time I might've done some like Google ads. Um, I did do Yelp. I paid for Yelp for a while, which is kind of expensive. Um, I feel like it's like, I mean, at the time it was like 375 and they can totally monitor your Yelp reviews. They can totally like move things or put you up or put you down. I mean, a lot of times people don't realize that you can kind of pay to get Yelp up there, but yeah, it was primarily Instagram and word of mouth. And once I got someone, then they would tell someone, but I would say like Instagram is huge and people need to capitalize on it while it's like the spotlight of it's free. I mean, you can pay to promote, but it's, it's huge. And I think people always make a separate business account. Um, I ended up doing that later because I felt like at a certain point it was easier and separate when you want to go travel and you want to post it, you want to feel like you can have your own life. And a lot of times your clients will follow you on both, um, both of your Instagrams. But for a long time, I just turned mine fully into it. I didn't care about it being personal anymore. It was primarily business and my daughter. And then later I switched it to my personal again. And then I made a new one. And then I just tried to slough people over, over to my business. And I, I usually, I still, to this day, randomly will use my Instagram personally for just like little bits here and there. And sometimes I go into a phase and post more, but I'll usually try to redirect them to my business um, because that's what supports my daughter and I. So it's important. And now a word from our sponsor. Bank of America asked Central Coast businesses, what would you like the power to do? Listening to your answer is how we learn about what matters most and help you achieve your goals. That's why we've lent over a half billion dollars to Ventura, Santa Barbara, and San Luis Obispo County's small, mid-size, and commercial businesses. Because we don't just work here, we live here. So, you know, starting out, I know you said, like, obviously, like, you have the skill that you, the sugaring, like, you knew how to do that. What other parts of the business did you feel comfortable in the beginning doing? beyond the service part? I mean, that has been trial and error um, through and through. Um, I am kind of an aesthetic person, um, meaning the environment that I'm in is very important to me, um, kind of in all parts of my life. Like I, I want it to look a certain way. So at first I had no idea the place that I um, was in a studio inside my dad's office building. And it was small. It had carpet at the time. And I was like, we're going to rip out the carpet. We need to put in like a wood floor. We need to paint it all. Um, and I mean, it definitely costs money then to do that. And that's, I think what's hard to people a lot of times I would almost recommend to someone else, like rent a space somewhere, even share your space, use your social media, get your, get yourself to grow. I luckily like, had an opportunity that was good. And I, I was able to put in sinks, put in things that are really hard to do. And air, I, air conditioning is essential to my business and they're expensive. And I feel like a lot of places don't have that even in Santa Barbara. So I, I created all the things that I needed, which when I'm comfortable in my environment kind of makes everything else better. Um, but I, there's things where I would switch things around because that didn't work or that was aesthetically pleasing, but it wasn't practical. Um, I mean, when I first said, so it's like a little, um, when you walk into my business, 
now it's expanded, but at first it was like one room and it has a big glass window. So I had to create a wall to create this privacy for the Brazilian service. And then I put two doors on opposite sides on this wall. So if you can imagine there's a door on one side and a door like on the other side of it. So when you face the window, you see two doors, which is so odd. And everyone didn't understand it, but I'm like, well, when my clients walk in, they need to have their own door to walk out. I need to feel like I'm going to my front desk because it will just be me to check them out. Um, and I'll make it look good and put a mirror in between. I'm going to make it all work. And it's made so much sense where I've made in such a small space, I've created a bigger one and it's made it better. Um, but I think it's thinking outside the box. And then when people, my, like my dad was like, that's going to look bad. Why would you do that? And then, I mean, to this day, we have jokes about it because I, I keep, when I expanded, well, we can't do a wall there. That wasn't, that wouldn't make sense. I'm like, just work with me. I promise I have a vision and it will happen. Um, and it usually has turned out like once we've expanded, now we have three more treatment rooms. We got the suite next to us. Um, and it's a, it was like the same size, but now we put two more or three, two more small treatment rooms. And and I was like, okay, the first, like during, um, first we'll do a clothing room in the middle because there's a door that can lead to it. And then we'll have two other service rooms. So people have to go into the clothing because they have to pass it, which will in turn make them buy something. Like, so I'm trying to think bigger picture a lot of the time. I am not tech, I'm not tech savvy. I'm just, it's not in my nature. Like I can get like Instagram and stuff, but I even zoom is kind of hard for me to connect with half the time. Um, so it was hard to kind of figure out which one I wanted to use. So I only wanted to use what was familiar but that was a trial and error. I ended up spending a lot of money on the wrong search, like search engine. People weren't getting their reminders. I would start to realize if you don't get a reminder, you're not going to show up. So, and that's but even for a personal problem with me. It's like, if I don't have a reminder, like the two appointments I had today, I didn't have reminders. And it's just, I'm so on that because of my business now. Um, I just feel like you're going to get people to show up when you do. And that was a huge learning thing for me too. So it's trying things, doing what's familiar, and then being open to change, which is so hard. I'm very set in my ways. And I think people that do start businesses are usually strong enough personalities that they are set in their ways, but it's also listening to your clients, listening to what people say, being open to what they say, even if it's not what you want right away, because a lot of times it can make more growth. And then also knowing when you know you're right, kind of like the balance of it in both ways. So you mentioned that you have, I think you said you have four employees now. Yeah. Um, what has that been like growing a team? Like, how do you, how did you know how to lead people oh, you know, with your business? Like, what's that been like? Oh, girl, <laughs> it's so hard. Um, I, I didn't want to do it. I mean, I was like, at first I was like, I'm not going to do it. This is my, my baby. Um, and once I grew it and I had a clientele and I was like, I got to the, I didn't, I didn't grow it prematurely. That's another advice I would give. You start a business, even if you know you're good at it, hiring, getting five rooms, hiring a bunch of people. It's so hard that I would do one employee at a time, train them fully, convince all my clients to try to go to them. Um, no one really learns sugaring in school unless they go to a two-day course. I don't think that a two-day course does that much. I mean, at some point, maybe later in life, I will do trainings, but I will probably be honest with everyone that comes that you can't learn a lot in two days for anything that you do. Um, you can get some fundamentals, but a lot of it is practice. So for all the girls I've hired, it's been, like I said, getting my clients to get comfortable. And a lot of my clients weren't. And I've, I have some clients that weren't comfortable, but now almost will go to the other girls because they've connect, made a new connection. And I feel like I have to sometimes put my pride down to be like, you know what? I'm making money. Um, I'm so thankful I chose girls that they would feel comfortable enough with. Not everyone's going to like me. Um, and it's, part of growth and stepping back. And I'm trying to do that now where I don't keep saying yes. And I'm overworking myself when I'm trying to have a mom and work-life balance. 
but I also can start doing more creative stuff by giving myself more time and trusting in my girls. Um, but when I hired my first one, and this is my other advice, it is so hard with employees. And I feel like I am lucky. I just know from other people, it's hard for me. It's hard to learn how to communicate, how to make them still grow, how to make sure that there is growing for them so that they can create, get more money later. But while I'm still making up for the money I've spent to put in the business for the name that I've made, the brand that I've made, um, and they're all a part of it. Like they are huge to me and they're huge assets. And I try to do things like random dinners. We do workouts together. I try to get things where we film them. I try to get things where they, I push them a lot through social media. I try to at least, and sometimes I can fall back on that. Um, but especially when they weren't busy, like sometimes when they're busy, I almost forget to post them or push them out there. But I've almost done that more than I've looked at a lot of other sugaring places and where I used to work. They didn't push us personally because they almost are scared they're going to leave. And that, that is a fear of an owner that someone's going to leave. And so it's like it's trying to be open to if your new employees are like, okay, I, I've been here for five years. I want more. Or how can maybe we get another sugar together? Um, like this is my baby, but I do see a future in owning more sugars or part owning or having like a say with the cookie print, like the cookie cutter print, I can't think of the word, but like an imprint of my business and having more of them all over. But I just think doing it slow and steady wins the race versus trying to expand before my time. I even had a, someone reach out um, wanting to like financial support and going in with me. And it was a huge compliment. And I kind of just took it as that. Cause I'm like, if they see that I can be, that's worth their investment. That means that this, there's a big potential for this. And I feel like it's great, but I feel like also why, I feel like I've done good and the girls have stayed so just thus far is that I've tried to give them appreciation. I, I knew them all before um, I hired them. That's huge. So I think that I tried to do a Craigslist once and it was hard. I mean, all there was great candidates. The people were great. I felt bad when you have to say, no, I am not, I'm not someone that can say like, I don't like conflict. So I don't like to be like, sorry, it didn't work out. Like I want people to feel like they're a great human and it's not personal. There's just, it was, there was something that was better, but that was better for this moment. And, um, and I think that sometimes people don't react good to that, but with Satara, Satara is my first, um, she's been with me for almost three years. She has been a gem. And like I said, I've got Satara, Celeste, Kiara, and Jacqueline, and they have all been huge assets. Um, but Satara was a client and one time I'm literally mid sugaring her, like doing a Brazilian. And I'm like, I've been thinking about this for a long time. And I felt like she kind of was giving me the vibes that she would maybe want to work with me too, but I didn't put it out there. So she didn't put it out there. We're both kind of the same. We both overthink. We both don't know how to, how to respond in that. But I was like, would you ever want to get trained and have be, like become another sugarist here? And she was like, yeah. And it was kind of like, that's what I wanted. I'm so thankful you said something. Like she had sent clients from facials to come to me. Um, she even had done some waxing on people and she sent them to me. Cause she was like, I know sugaring's better. I'm a client of yours. Um, but knowing her for, I think I maybe knew her for a year as a client. I like really got to know her personality. I grew trust with her. She's a genuine human. So even if we went separate ways, I know she is good and I want her to do well and whatever her journey is. Um, and then it was kind of the same thing for Celeste. Like she was a client of mine and I became a client of her for brows. Cause I don't, I didn't offer brows. Um, and then we tried to figure out how we can make it work. Cause she did waxing and then I did sugaring. So we make it waxing and sugaring when it came for brows. And that was great. And then with Kiara, I didn't know her personally, um, but I knew someone that knew her and really well. And so because I had that referral, like she had reached out when I was looking and I was like, I, that recommendation is enough for me. And I feel like when I met her, we clicked and 
it's all about the feel for it. And sometimes other people might think, oh, I liked that person better, especially because a lot of times I would give my employees like a chance to give feedback, you know? And I feel like sometimes it's like, I don't know, or it's not, not about her, but just in general when I was interviewing and it, it's good, but sometimes you have to trust your gut, especially as the boss and reset yourself and be like, okay, I'm the boss. Um, I don't like to be the boss. Like I have a book way when I see we're out and they call me their boss. I hate that. I'm like, we work together and I know I am, but I'm like, no, no, this is a team thing. Like I, there's no one above anyone else. Like it's, I, I started it. I grew us, but like, I want there to be growth. And so it's trying, it's a learning lesson for me to figure out how they can feel it by not me just saying that by me financially, physically, mentally, and trying to care about them too. And then with Jacqueline, that's the most recent employee. She has been with me actually since day one in different ways. So she did a lot of my emails. She's basically a sister to me. Um, she did things to help me randomly. She always had a passion, but had another career and was like, oh, this would be so fun. Like you do so well, like, it could be so good. Um, and I finally got her to kind of come on board, honestly, because she's able to do school online during COVID. It was a blessing in disguise. And she's kind of the new glue and that she like does a lot of backend stuff for me. She's doing the front desk now and she just finished school. So we're training her to kind of go forward. Um, so it's, it's almost knowing all the people that I've, and, and I think that's what's been great, but it's still hard. It's still hard. Totally. What drives you and what are you motivated by? My daughter. I want a good life for my daughter. I like, that sounds like so the typical answer, but it's true. My daughter's everything to me and having her and having those first two years and realizing my goal once I like took the plunge and hired someone, it was like, how can I work smart, not more um, so that I could be with her because I'm trying so hard to do that. But I want to also like, sometimes I've got people that I know like, don't, don't get it. Michelle, you keep saying yes. You keep working too many hours. Like you need to create balance. But I'm also like, I feel like as an owner, it's so important to be invested in your business and to be there. Otherwise you can almost lose it in different ways if you're not fully there. But also like, I want it to be able to run enough on its own so that I don't miss more years. Like my daughter's five right now and this time goes so fast, but I also feel like if I don't push hard in the beginning of my career, then she won't like, not that money's everything cause it's not, but like having a future for her, I want to be able to provide for her. I want to be able to have opportunities for her in so many ways. And I feel like if I can get my business and work hard and it's funny, I had a doctor tell me um, which I don't know if it's totally accurate, but it's my gynecologist. She had said, she's like, work as hard as you can the first five years of the life. And she's like, I mean, obviously with balance, cause you want to be around your kid. But she said, because the, after five, like the way the brain works, their memories. And I don't know if it's true, like the memories hold on more. And so she was saying like, if you can kind of work hard and then have it potentially running for you, then I can really be present even more so down the line when I feel like those are really essential years. And these have been essential years. And I'm so thankful because I've got the two years and these other couple years have been a little rough. But I have all my family in town and my daughter has been totally supported by that. And I feel like I'm getting to the point where I can have the time that I want with her and I can have the future for her that I feel like we need. Okay. This is my last question. It's my favorite question. If you could go back knowing what you know now about life and business and everything, what advice would you give to your younger self? I went through a lot of hard times. And I feel like emotionally, personally, physically, business-wise, COVID, everything. And I could, I could say like, don't ever think it or don't listen to people. But I feel like those things have helped me by listening to other people and um, trying to create balance for myself and for my life and for my daughter. Well, and I feel like even I probably tell myself not to worry and not to stress so much. But I also think that that's what drove me too. It was like, 
the, like the fire under my butt when COVID, when nothing was available, I'm like, how do people just not work? I couldn't accept it. I was like, we started creating, I made shirts. I contacted someone to get shirts to wholesale. I got, I found someone to find print. I literally became UPS and drove all around delivering shirts, you know, not knowing how to do that. I feel like you have to, you have to have that fire under your butt. So I do think not that stress, but I think that the drive, it's kind of, it's kind of there. It's not, but I feel like having a little bit of a push kind of does help. But tell me yourself, like the journey is everything. And I also feel like everyone wants to know where they're going to be. I mean, I wish I could have told my young self to enjoy being a child because um, life does get hard, but I also feel like you know, I would have never, people are like, how did you get into doing Brazilians? Like, it's very random. Like, would you have thought you were going to go be waxing vaginas for the rest of your life? No, I would have never thought that, but life took me there. And I feel like I found that I love talking to people. I found that I can make people feel really comfortable when they're in a vulnerable position. I feel like I don't think twice that it's a Brazilian area. So to them, it's like, okay, like she doesn't care about this. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't care if anything, like nothing bothers me. Nothing phases me. I've done diapers, poop, this, that, like period, nothing can phase me. And I feel like, and I'm very transparent about that. How yeah. can people find out more about sugar? Like what's your website and your socials? Um, my website is sugar SB as in Santa Barbara. So sugar SB.com. We have our online booking there. We've got more information on there. Um, we also have an Instagram and our Instagram is sugaring underscore SB. That's at sign sugaring underscore SB. And then we also have a phone number 805-724-9300. Um, and you can text or call all the things. Perfect. Thank you, Michelle. This was Charting Her Course, a Pacific Coast Business Times podcast. The Pacific Coast Business Times is the weekly business journal for the Central Coast with digital and print editions, as well as can't miss events. For more on the Business Times and to subscribe, please visit our website at packbiztimes.com. A huge thank you again to our sponsor, Bank of America. We're so appreciative of their support. Bank of America is committed to responsible growth for the clients and communities it serves by listening as they answer the question, what would you like the power to do? If you enjoyed this podcast, and I sure hope you did, please share with your colleagues, family, friends, and anyone else who might listen. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you stream podcasts. Please also subscribe, rate, and review. For more info on this podcast, please visit packbiztimes.com under Charting Her Course. We are also on Instagram at Charting Her Course. Give us a follow. We'd love to hear suggestions on future guests as well. This podcast is developed and produced by Linda LeBrock and me, Veronica Kuzmuk. Associate producer, editor, and provider of emotional support, all done by Viana Mabonic. Our gorgeous artwork was done by Corey Iniguez of Dandelion Designs. Check out her website at dandeliondesigns.com. Our very cool theme music was created by Nicholas LeBrock. Thank you, Nicholas. Lastly, we're all out charting our own courses in business and in life. So while we're out there, let's wave and say hi to each other. We're in this together.